0: Hello, everyone. This is Will, and I'm here with Donna, as always. Hello, Donna. Hello. Um, Thank you for joining us on our 10th episode of Death Diner. We are glad to welcome you um, here with us um, in sharing another fruitful conversation about death, dying, and grief. This This episode is focused on hospice. An area that Donna knows a lot about, being a hospice chaplain. Um, an area that I know some about, be working with hospice workers, um, but am eager to learn more. Um, I, I know the benefits of hospice vicariously through my work, um, but uh, Donna does it every single day. And I thought she'd be a really great person to share with you all of the benefits that hospice provides and encourage you to kind of take a stigma away from hospice um, that some people do have Mm -hmm. um, and allow um, an open forum to lead to an open mind about this as a solution for a person in your life who may be transitioning. So I guess my first question to you, Donna, is when is hospice appropriate?
1: Hospice is appropriate at the very final stages of life. Hospice is, um, it actually, it comes, the term comes from the medieval times, meaning safe haven. And hospices, um, back in medieval times were created for those who were sick and or dying or fearful of that. And they would travel to their, um, Whatever their holy lands were for healing, Mm -hmm. for whatever their culture believed in healing. And there were places that were created and set up along those journeys um, called hospices, mostly staffed by religious orders of that time in that area to provide care. And because the people were so sick and or dying, most of them or many of them died along the way in these hospices. So in hospice, when the philosophy was brought into current day, um, the person who kind of brought the hospice philosophy into the modern day thought uh, about calling it hospice because it means safe haven. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, hospice is meant to be a place to care for not just the patient who's dying, but also the family, to provide emotional, spiritual, um, physical support to them. So one of the things on hospice is you have to be willing to have no longer, um, seeking aggressive treatment or what we call curative treatment. There's no more can't, no more radiation, no more, um, chemotherapy or whatever other treatments you might be getting for whatever your illness is that might be considered aggressive. So that makes families uncomfortable sometimes. Um, but hospice is meant to help us in that final journey on this earthly plane. Um, by keeping you comfortable, as pain-free as we can, symptom management, manage your symptoms as best we can so that you can spend whatever time you have left doing the things you want to do.
0: Okay. Is hospice a place?
1: Not in Southern California. There are places that have hospice houses or hospice homes, but in Southern California, hospice goes to wherever you call home. It's a team that comes to your comes to help you and your family
0: wow that's a really good benefit. so
1: it could be at home it could be at your loved one's home it could be in a skilled nursing facility um any place but a hospital our team goes to help you think about your team and your family and our team working together to keep you comfortable and provide care and education
0: who pays for hospice?
1: Hospice has a variety of payers. Most of the time it's through insurance and most insurances offer what we call a hospice benefit. Mm-hmm. Medicare offers a hospice benefit. Okay. VA, if you are service connected, you're a veteran, there's a hospice benefit. Majority of the time it's covered through some form of insurance.
0: Is it is? is there kind of if you have a hospice benefit, is, are there varying degrees of that? No. That you find, there, like, some will all the way they from, all like.
1: Cover, they all cover um, any equipment you need in the home, okay. like oxygen, a wheelchair, bed? a shower chair, a bed. You have yeah. to provide the sheets. It's a twin size sheet, okay. so you can get them anywhere. Um, but They provide the bed, they provide the mattress, um, medications related to your diagnosis get delivered to your home. Which that, is That's important. the biggest, that's, the that's biggest. a really big thing,
0: because that's a really big thing.
1: For example, let's say you've been doing pretty well, but you have pain and it's 2am on the 4th of July, you can't reach your doctor to get a, a prescription and we don't want you to suffer. So our medical director can write a prescription and it can be delivered to your home so you get the pain management much quicker than if you had to wait for your doctor's office to open or even yeah. go to a hospital. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the questions that many families have: is on who's paying for it.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's that's what I'm asked a lot. Yeah. What is it? What does it cover? Who pays for it? Are there varying degrees? Like, if, if there's a hospice benefit, yeah, is if is there like a lower grade of that nope. than others? Yeah.
1: It's across the board. It pays for your medical team to come out, meaning um, a doctor to oversee the care, a nurse case manager to manage, visiting nurses, a bath aid if you would like, to help with bathing, changing your sheets, because I don't know about you, but having a shower and, and fresh sheets makes me feel better. Even yeah. if I'm feeling sick, I yeah. automatically feel better. It provides um, emotional support, help with making mortuary arrangements, um, spiritual support, um, grief support, all of that is – at no cost.
0: Yep.
1: Even after you pass, the grief support is no no charge.
0: Wow. You got into my next question. What did, what do you provide? And that's a really big laundry list. Yes. But I think.
1: And it's scary and overwhelming.
0: I think, I think it it is. And that's a long, that's a long, really high powered list in terms of the value that hospice brings. Yes. Um, and, but I kind of peel that, Peel those layers back. Mm-hmm. Delivering medication, a bathing nurse, mm-hmm. a nurse case manager, a medical director—that whole team. Mm-hmm. The social worker, yep. all of those people are support people that offer their assistance. But it's what it's what they provide and the expertise that they bring yes. that alleviates pressure on the family support team, yes, the, the daughters, the, the brothers, the, the parents, spouse, the spouse, whoever. everyone yeah, yeah, who's actually taking care, who's helping take care yeah. of the person. And what type of emotional benefits do these offerings from hospice provide families in your experience? In
1: my experience, it offers peace of mind. It offers relief. It, um, It offers education because when we know something, our minds can't make up its own story, Mm -hmm. which really can sometimes bring anxiety down. Yeah. Um, We do have um, a variety of options available to help with some of those anxieties with education. Uh, And what we can really do is help with the overwhelm of I don't have to do this alone. While hospice is not at bedside 24 seven unless there's a medical need for it. we're available 24-7. So if you if someone gets worried at 2 a.m. about a medication, there's someone on the other line who can talk to them or come out and meet them if they need to. And that's a huge relief for many family members.
0: Big time. Um,
1: Big and times. watching their loved one, you know, in the process of dying can be scary and overwhelming because there's physical changes, there's all kinds of changes. But almost like with anything, if there's education and understanding and expectation, that anticipation can bring. Can come down of, of anxiety because, yeah. oh, so this is this may or may not happen. Instead of walking into it and going, why is this happening? Knowing ahead of time can help prepare someone, or at least start the process of preparing.
0: Yeah, you're not going off the deep end. Yeah. you can manage.
1: You know, yeah. mortuary arrangements. I just got a call. Con- just got a question yesterday about financial power of attorney and, and no after death clause and an advanced directive. And a social worker can say, talk to the mortuary ahead of time. Yeah. See, so they're not dealing with this after the fact when nothing can be done. So we work on all those levels of trying to help and um, provide that support. Um, and by answering those questions, encouraging them to get the help that they need, um, those kinds of things. I mean, I could go on and on, but you get the gist.
0: Yeah. How does, how does hospice help a person with no family?
1: We become their family sometimes. Um, We are the ones who are visiting, whether it's the nurse or the chaplain or the volunteer. Um, I also work with hospice volunteers and I have many a family share that that time with the volunteer was what really helped the patient. And sometimes those patients have a volunteer because no one else would be visiting. There is nobody else. They've either outlived their entire family Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or they're estranged from their family for whatever geographic past, whatever. Um, But hospice can provide that support. And then we can also help after the fact by knowing who to contact so that their remains are treated with dignity.
0: Good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that happens more often than you realize that no one has family.
0: It does. I, I see that a lot. And yeah. I'm it's interesting because either they make their own arrangements mm-hmm. or if a, a good hospice worker will have them arrange formal documents yes. to, to to basically have someone in charge who's not blood relative. Yes. But I see it sometimes where that's not the case. And I don't I think a lot of the times it's when uh, a patient hasn't been on service for a long time Yes, and they decline very quickly, maybe yeah. within 48 to 72 hours and there's just or not enough time yeah. or less and there's just not enough time. And then it's just kind of like, well, wow, what, what do we do here? We
1: go to plan B, but we hope we don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's the beauty of having a team because the different team members bring a different skill set so Mm -hmm. it might feel overwhelming to have all these people calling you at first we're all calling to offer a different type of support Mm -hmm. Um, some is required like nursing you have to have a nurse but the rest of us are optional yeah you might say you know what this is too overwhelming once we get our bearings then i want the chaplain to call or the social worker to call
0: that's how i that's how i it was like so we can do it in tiers
1: and layers yeah Yeah. and we and we try to prepare the family this is going to feel really overwhelming for the first week and then like I had calls. I had people showing up. Yeah, that's just because you're meeting everyone. Then, as the schedule is set and a routine begins, then it becomes much more manageable, and
0: um, you kind of fold into their fold lives. into
1: their lives, mm-hmm. and um, and you become a support system like no other. Because many times, as much as friends and family want to be there. They might not understand what's happening, and their own fears come up of, I don't want to see this, picture this, remember this. But the hospice team is there to be that support. We kind of bridge the gap sometimes. Or we provide the education to the people who are unsure about being around, and they feel relieved with some education, so then they come back and visit. Good. Or the chaplain calls the church and says, this has been the situation. They've been isolated. Can someone come out? And the church starts coming back. So they get reconnected there. So there's a lot of ways hospice can work behind the scenes.
0: That's, 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 I, I I always commend hospice workers just because I feel that so many things that you do are, are in the intangible category. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, we talked about last time, what is a good death? Yeah. And, um,
1: That's our goal.
0: Yeah, and exactly. And some of the things that we talked about was like for forgiving yourself, huh? forgiving those around you, saying I love you to mm-hmm. those around you, and I, I think you guys as a as an unbiased, indifferent force mm-hmm. in the people's lives at that time, with your loving care mm-hmm. and compassion can bring those people around and, and help restore those relationships yeah. or, or or bring them some sort of peace that they otherwise would not have had. And, and I've I've heard that yeah. countless times for people who who've had loved ones on hospice. And it and their experience started out with, I didn't want to admit that they needed hospice uh-huh. and they wanted to delay that decision. Yeah. But made it, transitioned into hospice care. Mm-hmm their loved one declined under the supervision of the hospice team. And ultimately it was a smooth transition. Yes.
1: And it's important. I like how you said that with the hospice team, because our goal is not to come in with any other agenda than provide comfort.
0: Mm -hmm. We
1: meet them where they're at. We don't try to, you know, sometimes the doctors have to explain certain things but the majority of the hospice team comes in to meet them where they're at to provide that compassion, that care, that support, and that encouragement to cope with something that they're not ready to or ever wanted to cope with. And the fact that we are willing to walk that journey with them, not for them or push them or pull them, but to walk with them while they cope with it, um, we hope brings some peace.
0: Do you, do you think it helps being... A non-family member professional. Do you think that helps you be listened to?
1: Yes, um, I do sometimes, especially because there's no emotional attachment, no history, no past, whatever's were going on. So I think sometimes the professional comes in, and mm-hmm. then there's that understanding of okay. Once we start explaining what's happening and realizing the team is really there for them, that's our agenda as to how do we help you in this incredibly difficult, scary, uncertain time. um, I do think it's easier when it's a professional coming in to provide that support because the other stories aren't there, the agendas and the personal whatever's the
0: fears. What do you think? What do you think in your opinion Mm -hmm. is the most valuable thing about hospice?
1: For me, I think the most valuable thing about hospice is that we are available non-judgmentally where they're open and empathetic. We provide education, professional support, but above all we show up and we walk through this difficult time. Mm -hmm. I often think of myself as a hospice chaplain going in so a patient doesn't feel forgotten. Many times there's been things they've been sick for so long that people's lives, just the way the world keeps moving, their world's moving, but the patient feels like their life has stopped. And yet there's people here showing up and walking this journey with them.
0: Wow. That's making them feel like a person again. Yeah. Because they're being interacted with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't, what I tell my patients, whether I'm going in as the chaplain or the grief counselor, even the volunteer coordinators, I don't see someone dying in that bed. You're alive. I'm seeing a living person living until they're not. How can we help you accomplish what you can in this stage in your life mm-hmm. at this phase? I don't watch walk in seeing a dying person because you're not. You're a living person until you until you're not. Mm-hmm. How can we look at this and cope with it and explore it in a safe place? Because everything we do is confidential mm-hmm. as the chaplain. So how can we share and help heal? Mm-hmm before you leave this planet if that's your decision sure now mind you some patients we get who can't talk anymore they're comatose but the last sense to go is hearing so they can still hear everything so can we sing can we talk can families say goodbye can people share things even if the person can't communicate back doesn't mean there's not a healing going on we we kind of um I can't think of the right word, but we facilitate healing mm-hmm. in that way um, because sometimes our patients can't talk anymore. Yeah. That doesn't mean we don't show up and care about them.
0: Yeah. I think that's so beautiful that that's so integral to, mm-hmm. to your, your work mm-hmm. in hospice. And mm-hmm. it's very, it's, it's one very admirable and two necessary mm-hmm. for people Yeah, that, that, when they get to that stage, which you know, we never think we're going to get there. Right. You, you know, but when I you. When it you...
1: can happen. I mean. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Hospice is for the newborn to the 105 year old. Yeah. There are things that happen that we don't expect. I could be walking around, have a major stroke in the next five minutes and I'm on hospice and I'm 49. Yeah. There's no age appropriateness for this. It could happen at any time. And to know that there's a team of people there. To provide that support and then help transition them to the mortuary.
0: Yeah, it's it's very it's so res- respectable to yeah. me that no matter what the situation, mm-hmm. you just step up to the plate yeah. and you're like, "This is," you just take the hand that's dealt and you're like, "This is this mm-hmm. is the hand we're playing." Yes. and we're going to play the hand. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful, Donna. So that's wonderful.
1: It's definitely. I call it an honor to be there at this time in life. Mm-hmm. I usually will tell my families if depending on where we're at in the conversation is I'm grateful. You're trusting me enough to walk into your home. You have no idea who I am. I'm on the other side of the phone. You're dealing with a tough situation. You trust me enough to come in. This is a sacred time to walk this journey with you. Thank you for allowing me in your home mm-hmm. during this time, mm-hmm. because that's how I honestly and sincerely and genuinely feel.
0: Yeah. And and that's I couldn't think of a better re- reaction mm-hmm. or I couldn't think of a better approach mm-hmm. to that because ultimately you you're there to gain a family's trust to allow them huh? to help you. Yeah. Allow you to help them.
1: Exactly. If there's no trust, I can't help you.
0: Where do you think is, is the hot is hospice growing? Is, it, is are people are more and more people choosing hospice to die under hospice care?
1: Yes, I do believe hospice is growing. It is definitely gaining more positive um, uh, recognition. Sure, it's not necessarily thought of as we're we're going to give up. Uh, yeah, and because I think it's the education. I think it's uh, more and more people having that experience. We're able to share it with a loved one or a family member and say, "Oh, this might be of a support to you." where it's getting more understanding of what it is. Mm -hmm. So it is growing. We are having an older demographic coming up. And not that hospice is just for one age group, but it is showing more of a need to help. Because if you think about it, as our elders are getting older, some of us are still taking care of kids at home, grandkids at home. So it's still the sandwich generation in some ways. So the hospice team brings that act added level of support to those families when they'd be doing this on their own.
0: Yeah. I get a lot of families who they come in, they come and meet with me Mm -hmm. while the hospice nurse is Mm -hmm. at home. Yes. And we encourage that. They're so grateful. It's like, I I haven't been able to run errands. You know, I like, I I get my, I got to get my grocery shopping done. Mm -hmm. I got to get, you know, the dry cleaning picked up and I got to handle a few phone calls for business. And then I got to get home. And this is one of my errands. Let's do this.
1: Yeah. Great. Great.
0: You, you need to take care yeah. of things mm-hmm. while you're taking care of them.
1: Absolutely. Self-care is important. That's the other thing hospice really encourages is self-care mm-hmm. for it. Because we tell our families, I don't want to visit you in the next bed. If you're in the next bed, you can't take care of mom. Mm-hmm. So how can we help you take care of you? Whether it's the 10 minutes to go take a nap or a shower well, we sit with your loved one an extra 10 minutes and talk with them or sit with them quietly or whatever it is they want to do, watch TV, so you can take care of you mm-hmm. because that's that's important. So we're always encouraging that self-care mm-hmm. and that open communication with everybody.
0: So let's – I have a question for you. And We know that some people are apprehensive about the topic of hospice. Yes. That. How do you start a conversation – with a next of kin for a sick patient hospi- who is hospice appropriate? How do you start that conversation with them?
1: I started with simply telling what's going on. Tell me what's going on and how you're feeling. And then seeing, depending on their answers, I respond back and forth. And then I might explain extra level of support without using the hospice word at first to explain this the, program what's available because if i start off with the word hospice most people will automatically shut off
0: got it so you start um, with soft and then these, these yes. are would, would these services help you
1: yes would these services help sure. you and then explain when you get down to it what it is because once people are open it's kind of like if i explain mortuary and go into the nitty-gritties at first like, oh i'm good um but if you start explaining they're going to help you transition to this process and do your spiel. it's the same thing we have that opportunity to ease into it and alleviate some fears um, before we say the hospice word mm-hmm. um, it is important that you, you say that at some point for full disclosure but if you're in a more of an open position of this might help and then we get to that then you might be more willing to talk through what your fears now came up because we have started to establish some rapport and some trust and explaining things. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: it does. Yeah, it does. It, it, I, I understand that approach. I, mm-hmm. I, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You had to kind of have to get but to I, it through the underbelly,
1: but I always start with where they're at. Tell me what's going yeah. on. Tell me what your fears are. And sometimes they'll bring it up themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and ask, but I heard about this hospice program. What is it? Is it me? And then I can provide more education on it. Um, always doing my best to be honest, compassionate, and caring through it so that I can answer questions to the best degree that I can so they feel like their needs are being met. Uh, And then reminding them that hospice is non-binding, meaning let's say they don't have a chemotherapy that works anymore so they go on hospice. But then there's a clinical trial they want to try. They can revoke hospice to go on that clinical trial. So it's not a, okay, I make this decision. I have no other options. By Providing that education sometimes can bring some relief that they're still open to, if if other options present themselves, it doesn't mean you automatically aren't eligible for them because you're on hospice. Mm -hmm. That's important to remind them as well Um, because it is their choice. You can't force anyone onto hospice. Yeah. Um, there's regulations against that. Um, so we work hard to provide that education and that support.
0: I think that's wonderful, Donna.
1: Yeah. I just wish more people would explore it sooner, so that they have the information before they're forced to make the decision. Because it's it's different having to make the decision emotionally overwhelmed than
0: prior. I, I agree with you. I I was. I hope nobody quotes me on this, but I think it was a couple years ago. I was reading a report from it was the National Hospice Association, mm-hmm. saying that the average time on service is about eleven days. Yeah. and there are some people who are on hospice for six months. Yes, and some people who are on it for half a day. Yeah, and I, I can I I can attest to. To the fact that I, I, I would agree that if people would consider hospice sooner, it can often help mm. alleviate some of the anxiety and stress.
1: Absolutely. Now, the definition of hospice is if your disease were to take its natural course, life expectancy is six months or less. Us, yep. um, again, like I tell people, I'm not God and I'm not a fortune teller. But if the disease were to take this, this is what the expectation is. We don't know if it will or not, and that's what the nursing team does: is provide education on what they're seeing medically, mm-hmm. and we can provide that support. And I've had many a family member saying, "I wish I'd have done this sooner." We got the support; he was comfortable; he wasn't in pain anymore.
0: Yeah, it's the fears. Better. It's yeah. the
1: fears of the stigma. Yeah, and it's getting better. It's
0: get well, and I I've heard. I never wanted to give up. I wanted my mom mm-hmm. to stay, just stay alive. Right. And I would never, I wouldn't, ne- I would never, they didn't want to be the one to give up because there's that 0.001% chance that they could be wrong. I what guess.
1: if you shifted your perception of what hope for a cure or healing to hope for a peaceful death? What if we can shift the perspective of the hope well, we're not giving up hope because that's important never to give up hope. That is the one thing that most of us in hospice work hard to is to continue that sense of hope alive, but maybe shifting the perspective of it.
0: I think that is extremely valuable and is a really astute point. And that, Mm -hmm. that I think is exactly what we should be striving for Mm -hmm. in terms of educating people in hospice. And I hope that people, take away that exact mm-hmm. message from this episode. That so would be,
1: the, if if I only had one sentence to say for the last however long we've been talking, that would be it. <laughs> Change, you have, a, there's hope that was always there. Please never lose hope.
0: Change the perspective mm-hmm. of of what hope, hope is, is given the reality of the situation yes. and accept that and move into that.
1: Move into that,
0: exactly.